0: And welcome to another almost summer episode of Ignite Radio Live. I am so blessed on this evening to have three very good brothers who are very knowledgeable, faith-filled Catholics. And by that, I mean we're all striving. We're all striving for that mark, striving for holiness. And now more than ever, I just want to punctuate this point, how important it is to surround yourself with good, godly people who love you. And we're going to challenge you and grow with you. All those things. They're going to journey with you in this. And uh, we all need those sorts of people. That's what the church is meant to be, by the way. And often just going on Sundays may not accomplish that. So number one, I just encourage you to bring together those closest to you who are going to love you, challenge you and journey with you towards holiness. So I want to warmly welcome Rich Cronin, Walt Erickson and Drew Blazek. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Good. Thank you.
0: Awesome. We've had these guys on in the past because they have areas of wisdom, and I might even say expertise, in the realm of money, in the realm of economy. And if you've been to the gas pumps lately, you see just an icon, a symbol that something isn't the way it's been. Something is changing, right? And uh, it's it's impacting us. And oh, by the way, this is relevant to Catholic faith. Christ spoke of money quite often, he says, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, which might suggest sort of a dismissiveness, right? Clearly throughout scripture, he also spoke of the talents. He spoke of money and investing and thinking wisely. He spoke of the people of this age being wiser than the people of heaven. So long as the word became flesh, we are a people who deal with a physical universe a sacramental people and money does matter we are responsible for thinking wisely so we're going to get a portrait of that tonight we might even call this in god we trust this episode in god we trust and in the show notes we will certainly link to past episodes but we want to have a good honest conversation about what is happening with our economy why is it important how should we be thinking about it before we get there though a few commercials and then we'll introduce our guests and we'll get at this program. Um, so Belief in Beverages Night, the first the third Thursday of every month, you are warmly welcomed to experience this kind of community that's asking good questions, it's being formed by truth around some beverages. We're very blessed by JMC of Perrysburg um, to host this. Rich and Connie Cronin have been very gracious. It's a very welcoming venue. Um, The next one and final one of this season for the first half of the year is going to be next Thursday, June 16th, 6.15 p.m. Monsignor Michael Billion from St. Joseph, Sylvania is going to be addressing us on the big topic. Are we living in the apostolic age or Christendom? A very big question for us all to ask. You know, are we living in an era where we can just assume our neighbors and culture and government are guided by Judeo-Christian values? Can we just assume that? <clears throat> or is it more like the first few centuries of the church where we are uh, representing a truth and a God that people are starving for, but most of the world doesn't quite get it? Monsignor Senior is going to address that topic. I want to tell you all about this uh, Power Hour series also. Um, we've created a new capacity for our members with amazing content so our Power Hour series was seven consecutive weeks with amazing speakers on the subject of marriage and family including Father Nathan Cromley, Greg and Julie Alexander, Peter and Deb Herbeck Melody Lyons, Father Nick Routh and Stephanie and I. You can access that content plus a pretty Im- inspiring, I might say evangelical magic show that took place at a belief in beverages video accessible to our members as low is five dollars a month we just ask for your support of this movement Uh, and I just might say why is it so important well with the tragic events of the past weeks playing on it seems every week right is a new um, evidence of just a world gone awry the heart of that the solution is what's happening in homes is what's happening with marriages and families and we're trying to address that content We're trying to create context for support and encouragement so be a member Massimpact.us forward slash members. And in a particular way, I want to speak to you business owners out there and just pique your appetite. We are introducing something to business owners that is financially benefiting them, many substantially, and also introducing a vision we can share to transform this community and many others. So get your pen out. The uh, designation for that is KingdomBuilderProject.com. Kingdom Builder project.com which of us men and women don't desire projects I submit to you this is the ultimate project your work building and making a, a good living for those who work for you you who are business owners but what if you could do that with excellence if you could receive um, great financial uh, gain from that while helping us with a vision of building the kingdom go to Kingdom now our movement particularly against the backdrop as I said of violence gender confusion, an increase in depression and suicide. In fact, just yesterday I read in the Wall Street Journal that um, the incidence of suicide for children aged 10 to 14 has increased three times in the last 15 years. Let me say that again. The incidence of suicide, which read into this, depression, despair, anxiety, all of that has increased for those aged 10 to 14, three times. The root of this is what is or is not happening in families. I just want to ask you, is there anything more important than right now claiming Christ alive relationship with him overflowing to our marriages and our families? Our movement is simply about this discovering, proclaiming, living and building the kingdom. At the core of this, one of the great tools is this free live It gathering guide, and it's a challenge. To bring your family together once a week to talk and pray based upon this Sunday's readings. It may seem awkward. You may not be used to this. You may not have grown up with this relational heart of religion and ritual. But brothers and sisters, what are we waiting for? I mean, your family may not experience the kind of concern that maybe uh, the in Texas, right, with with these these violent incidences, you may not see signs of that in your children, but everybody in the world is looking to us to say, is this faith real? Can marriage and family truly radiate a kind of love that is compelling, that is attractive? Now is the time for us to seize that grace. It's a Pentecostal season, and this to Live It gathering guide is an occasion to do that. Yes, it's a challenge. The enemy doesn't want us to be doing this, but I encourage you because of that to do that. So right now, Oh, actually, Go to I Love My I Love My Family.us. And before we um, get into tonight's conversation about the economy, I'm going to put my brothers here on the spot. And we're just going to take a little page out of this Live It Gathering guide, which again is based upon this coming Sunday's readings, an occasion to bring family together to talk and pray based upon that. So I'm going to proclaim, brothers, the gospel in just a moment. Um, before we do so, they know who they're listening to. Let's just go around and do brief introductions. Who you are marriage, family, work. Let's start with Rich Cronin.
2: Uh, yeah, thank you, Greg. Uh, name is uh, Rich Cronin. I am um, the uh, husband of uh, my wife, Connie, for uh, 27 years, um, the father of three children, um, two uh, post-college, are in missionary work, and uh, a son in, in, at, at uh, University of Toledo. I'm also the owner of uh, Perrysburg Automall and a couple of other dealerships in Northwest Ohio and Southern Michigan. Um, So that's a little bit about me.
0: Fabulous. By the way, a little plug, um, check out Rich at massimpact.us forward slash kingdom, massimpact.us forward slash kingdom and many other solid Catholics who bring professional excellence and a commitment to building the kingdom. Our next guest, Walt Erickson, is also one of these great kingdom building leaders. Walt, tell us about yourself.
1: Husband of Elizabeth Erickson, we've got seven children. Belong um, to Holy Trinity out in Assumption, Ohio, big city of Assumption, Ohio, and uh, currently on vacation with my family, so doing this remotely. And uh, owner of Interstate Commercial Glass and Door.
0: So thank you. Fabulous, good to have you, Drew Blazek. Yeah,
1: yeah,
3: it's going. Uh, Drew Blazek married to Jesse. Uh, we have six kids. Um, Saint Joan of Arc Church we go to. And I work out at Lord's University, uh, professor of finance, and currently I'm actually teaching or uh, doing research on Catholic uh, economics where we talk about usury, the just wage, just prices, um, me and another professor are doing this and uh, yeah, so we'll have research done in October on this. So, I'm kind of excited about that.
0: Fabulous. Great to have you, brothers, with us. So, before we get into the subject, and I just am making a step here and maybe a kind of promise that for all of our radio programs going forward, we are going to spend time talking about the gospel because Christ took on flesh and blood to inform our nature that we'd be informed of that and to bring the grace that we can live that nature. So let's be fed by this coming Sunday's gospel, which I am now going to proclaim. And you can find this at ilovemyfamily.us. We have the first reading, second reading gospel, fun questions, all kinds of things to make it accessible to your family. I want to front load this, brothers, with this question. So as I proclaim this, I want you to think about this question. We'll take a moment. What struck you in this reading? Challenged you? inspired you what questions did it raise and those of you who are listening at home consider those questions as i proclaim now the gospel according to john jesus said to his disciples i have much more to tell you but you cannot bear it now but when he comes the spirit of truth he will guide you to all truth he will not speak on his own but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming he will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Christ. So brothers, of course, we are in the season of Pentecost, outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, punctuating, right, that even to be with the most amazing catechist ever, God himself, to walk with him for three years, to see the miraculous signs and wonders wasn't enough. What struck you guys as I proclaim this gospel?
3: I think the uh, first thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, the the Holy Spirit will come and guide us in all truth. A lot of people think that's individual. Like every person can be guided by absolute truth of what what um theology is but really it was to the bishops of the church so Mm. there's only one church that makes a claim that christ founded so it must be guided that one church in all truth which is the catholic faith and that um you can't have 30 to fifty thousand denominations all Mm. teaching something different uh that we could feel secure that the Holy Spirit does guide the church. And I always say, you know, two two of the most important roles the Holy Spirit has is guide us in all truth and convict us of our sins. So it just kind of, that verse kind of justifies to me about what it means to be Catholic.
0: It's awesome. So Drew, both you and Walt are fairly recent converts to Catholicism, and you pulled out of this the word truth. And do we not see this really on center stage in every debate, every conversation, politics, government, ecclesiology, and you really beg the question, and I would just put it in this form, if truth is something we can create, it means everything, which means nothing. If truth is whatever you decide you want it to be, woman means whatever you want it to be, marriage means whatever you want it to be, and you can't question that without being illiberal or hateful or whatever, we'll just draw out that conclusion. It means whatever anyone wants it to be, it means everything, which means it means nothing. And I drew the stat earlier of uh Incidents of suicide of those aged 10 to 14, how can we not but feel languishing and struggling in an atmosphere that says anything is truth? Truth is whatever you want it to mean versus truth is someone who created us. And then you traced this, Drew, in your own journey. You talk about this, right, to Catholicism. If we study the history, the logic, right, Scripture, we cannot help but come to a conclusion that, you know, to study history is to cease to be Protestant, really, is to be Catholic. I really appreciate that. Rich, Walt, thoughts.
2: Well, Jesus is truth. He says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." Uh, he spent. He sends to us the Spirit of truth, who is uh, uh, so. So God, in essence, is truth. Um, and I just think of the world who who says, "You know, well, your truth isn't my truth, which isn't their truth." And truth is is relative and based on what we are, we think, or I think, or you think. And of course. This is completely contradictory to the world's thoughts of what truth is, that, uh, as Drew said, there is an absolute truth, Mm. and um, whether we desire to enter into that absolute truth or not, that truth exists, and that truth exists in God. So, that's what I take from it.
0: Thank you for
1: that. So, I've been challenging myself with all the change in the world, in terms of how it makes me feel. Mm. Yeah, interesting, because so often I hear so many people talk about how they don't like change. Nobody likes change, right? And I've, I've challenged myself, thinking, "Oh well, my goodness, is it an uncomfortableness with change? Like, how do you how do you evaluate the difference between something just different, right, or uncomfortable or new, compared hmm. to something wrong? There is a much deeper feeling, much greater concern, right? Because when that truth is buried in you about what is wrong compared to what is different. Uh. And uh, for so many of, of us who are out there who, who aren't looking at these things as wrong, but as different, uh, you are not following the truth. Uh. And, and there, there has to be a very different, I guess, uh, switch that turns on in your heart and in your mind, right? When some of these things are brought up.
0: That's awesome. Before we go further, folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live. We have three guests. We're going to be talking very shortly about the economy and God we trust. And right now we are foraying into the most important thing, the Word of God. Um, who forges us, who who makes us aware of our identity, from which we derive what? Strength, encouragement, just the confidence of knowing our unsurpassed nature in God. And we invite you into that journey at I do this live it gathering every week. We just proclaim the gospel. Probably the high point of this live it gathering guide to bring your family together and to do this. But I don't I don't want to miss the opportunities. We are gonna be talking money and 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 that sort of thing from a God-faith perspective in a second. Rich and Walt in particular you both preside over fairly large teams of employees do you see the hunger i know the answer to these questions by the way but secondly how are you endeavoring to create atmospheres or opportunities for that to be fulfilled
2: well i think um yeah there's a hunger for god uh instilled in every person um and certainly in our employees as well um i think there's a uh uh, a hopefulness in regards to um, searching for truth, searching for God. But there's also, um, I see a an emptiness uh, of, of what people are looking for as well. I mean, Northwest Ohio is filled with Catholics who are baptized Catholic, confirmed Catholic, and no longer practice their faith. Mm-hmm. And our workforce is no different. Um, but uh, instilled in that, you know, that, uh, that, that, baptismal grace is still there and they are searching for it you know i um i desire to try to uh help them along in in their search for god i mean in search for meaning in their life as you mentioned we do have this um belief in and uh, beverages night uh, that we do monthly at our dealership and that's basically trying to bring God filled people into our organization so that uh they surround our surround themselves with our employees and with our customers I desire mm-hmm. that uh people uh bring uh bring God into our dealership bring God into uh, our lives so you know that's what I'm trying to uh to help bring
0: about Rich has also hosted Alpha at his Business inviting his employees, not forcing but inviting them to participate in this weekly series that really awakens us and, and clarifies the meaning of the gospel in our lives. And he's hosted that as well as other um, opportunities through Lent and such. What which I think many may say, well, that's really bold. It's a secular place, but he's the owner, and it's his atmosphere. And by the way, you know he also knows that if they know who they are in their depths, they're going to be better employees. Their business has been voted year after year one of the best places to work at. So I'm just going to blow some uh, sunshine at you, Rich, and also you, Walt, because, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, and you are deeply invested in the lives of your employees. The
1: greatest peace and comfort you can have is obviously a love of Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's an interest in believing that, but so many of those who are so secular, really, they just immensely struggle because... They don't have an example or they, uh, in their life of, of someone truly truly living that relationship with Christ and and so they say well maybe it could be that it could also be this 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 and this right and and uh, God willing before the end of their life they they come to realize no it, it was only Christ um, and again just like just like Rich you know we are, we do things um, uh, you know to try to try to help that try to foster that uh, first and foremost our entire leadership group is Christian practicing christian um we just hired another person and um he actually was born and raised catholic and is going to a protestant church and we had a deep long conversation and i think we've got him coming back to the catholic church and so he starts on monday and so i think it's important to have leadership that is christian leadership right um asking people do you want to pray be prayed over what do you need prayers for uh, those types of things. Um, we also do Bible study on most Friday mornings uh, for awesome. everyone in the office. You know, people know our our organization is a Christian based organization. They just know it. Uh, our company knows it, and um, and I hope that that there's a comfort level amongst many uh, within the company, right? That we are that way, and, and we we do act differently and respond to issues differently.
0: Well, you're you're not one for softball, so I'm going to throw a hardball at you. Right now, many employees are anxious, um, whether it be for lack of faith, which is the core, but also financial, economic circumstances. They see prices rise, they see uncertainty, they see the war in Ukraine, and they they come to work and maybe don't necessarily recognize that God is in the midst of that, that it's an occasion to give Him worship. So, and they're they're married, some of them, some of them are living in difficult situations, sinful situations, but the heart is a, is a is a hunger for God. We're going to take a moment right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Just take 30 seconds. Lead us in a prayer. Everybody who's listening right now, all of us who are workers in some fashion, lead us in a prayer to just know that God is with us in this moment.
1: Heavenly Father, please give us peace, comfort, and guidance in leading all of those you entrust us with. Those of us who are responsible for many, don't go home and just worry about ourselves, or our own family, but carry the burden and the blessing of caring for so many more. Just like our priests and religious, hmm. Heavenly Father, give us the strength to carry the cross of our own family and the crosses of others. Please give us wisdom to protect all of us. In the most holy name, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. In the, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks, you are tuned into Ignite Radio Live. So blessed to have you with us on this journey to eternity. This moment is consequential. Everything happening in your life right now is a custom-designed retreat by God, meant for greater intimacy with Him. I want want to say that again. Everything happening in your life right now, in our lives, is a custom-designed retreat meant for ever deeper intimacy with God. This moment is consequential. The struggles, the challenges, the difficulties. And we've experienced in recent months some challenges. And if you've been reading the paper, if you read the Wall Street Journal, you know, you see uncertainty. You see a lot of things that are causing great concern. I know from talking to business owners that many of them... Carry a great burden, not only for their own marriages and families, but many of them carry an additional weight of how do I navigate this wisely for real families. Whose, whose children and, and livelihood depends upon them and their decisions. So these men are attuned to some of that, and it's worthy of us to have this conversation now to maybe clarify, as best as we understand, what are we seeing right now in the economy? Give us some perspective into that. I'm going to turn to you, Drew. I know this could be a 10-week course, an hour each. Give us a perspective of the economy, particularly in the past two years. What are we seeing play out right now?
3: I got some uh uh, data pulled up. Uh, a couple things I think are important to look at. Um, number one, I think it's always important um, as a Catholic to realize that family is most important, and that to have the ability to raise a family, to purchase a house, to own a home is uh, so important for society that uh, if wages aren't going up and home prices are going up, people, the average Catholic can't coming out of college purchase a home. And what we see right now, if you type, if you look at home prices, they have skyrocketed recently and there's some reasons behind it. Um I heard that 25% of all homes, now these are lower end homes, but they're being purchased by investment firms like mm-hmm. BlackRock. So it's jacking up the price and the wages are not going up with it. Therefore it's going to be harder for people to purchase a home to raise a family. They're going to have to start with smaller houses. Um uh, and this past year, well, the fourth quarter of 2001 is the first time that the real home value, if, if you ever hear the economic term real, that's a adjusted for inflation. So you can compare um, different years when you hear the word real. So it's easy to compare the real wage from today to 1970, that it's actually more money in the fourth quarter uh, to purchase a home than it was right before the financial um, uh, crisis in 2007. Hmm. So it just eclipsed that part. I don't have the data for 2022 yet, uh, but it does show that it's getting pretty expensive for people to um, have that. Uh, number two, I think it's important to look at the national debt uh, for a couple of reasons Um there, I got the pulled up national debt right now is $30.4 trillion that the federal government owns. And that's not included personal debt, not included state debt or city debt. So it's three point, uh, $30.4 trillion. If you look at the budget of what the United States um, have to spend on like Medicare, um, military spending, um, healthcare, stuff like that, the number four largest budget line, um, for government is the interest off that film oh wow. which is $435 billion. So I think it's a whole concept that everybody wants to go in debt because they want something today and they're going to make somebody else pay for it later. Um, Instead of a country is wealthy for what it produces. And I think in the United States, we became kind of lazy where we could print our own money to value the currency and keep on going because uh, the United States is the reserve currency. And another interesting fact, uh, kind of leave off with this, is that every dollar that you see in existence, um, you have to understand our monetary policy, how this works. Every dollar in existence was because of debt. So a dollar is only created because of debt, which hmm. means if the if the government paid back the debt and we pay back our debt, there would be no dollars in the currency and then the economy would collapse. So our whole economic system is built upon debt, which um, if you're a banker, you love it like th- that's where you want to be. Um, so. I think that's an important thing to look at. If you look at GDP, our GDP, our nominal GDP is at 24 uh, trillion, our national debt is 30. So last, actually I have one more thing I just wanna show is that it's really the national debt's not that important. What's important is what is the comparison of national debt to your actual GDP? Because if we were hundred trillion in GDP, a 30 uh, trillion in debt's not that bad. So if you look at the percentage of federal debt to GDP ratio, it's an important thing to look at. In 1960, it was 52%. So 52% of the debt to the GDP. And then 1980 is 34%. 2000, it went up to 57%. And then right now, our debt to GDP is 130%. Oh my gosh. And I heard economists talk about once you hit that 110%, it can get very dangerous because the interest payments gets out of hand, out of control.
0: Can I pause you a second? Um, Just GDP, gross domestic product, which concerns itself with really a raw value. Is that fair? uh, Two ways you can calculate
3: it. You can calculate it for actual spending expenditures of what the government, consumers, investment, and net exports, or it could be national income, and they equal each other very similar. So it's how much everyone made in this year. Um, so okay. the debt is much larger. So you can say it's almost like you got a job at McDonald's and you're living like, um, uh, someone with a $500,000 home. Got it. But I have one more thing I want to mention how the and it's important to see this, how the monetary system is set up is since every dollar is created because of debt. So the, the, the banks, commercial banks create dollars out of nothing because the Federal Reserve gives them those reserves. And since it's all created out of nothing and it's built upon debt, interest is owed on that dollar, which means every dollar in existence must be paid back with interest. So it's it's kind of like a Ponzi scheme. Think about it. The only way you can keep on going in the uh, the monetary system, if you create more debt to pay off the previous debt. So you got to keep on creating more and more and more and more once it gets out of hand. Um, That's why you hear some of the people are talking about a, um, which is, can be kind of scary, a new financial monetary system, um, like electronic one. That's what the federal reserve is talking about because some economists think that the dollar is out of control. It'd be hard to uh, keep up with that.
2: Well, I think, you know, what, what does it all mean? I mean, um, in, in everyday life uh, as a business owner, as a, Uh, consumer as a family member, um, uh, uh, head of a family. What it means is that our prices are rising. We're paying more for food. We're paying more for gas. Interest rates are rising. Housing costs have uh, gone through the roof. Um, The cost of automobiles, which I sell, uh, used cars have gone up 75% in the last two years. Um, So it's it's becoming a uh, much more burdensome for the average person uh, to live day to day, and I think what we're seeing is basically somewhat of a destruction of the middle class, mm. and it's through higher prices, through um, you know higher interest rates, through you know all these things that uh, affect our pocketbook. But at the same time, you know we talked about wages going up. Wages are going up. As a business owner, it is somewhat difficult to keep up with wages, but by the same token. Uh, wages are not keeping up with inflation, so the average employee, average uh, consumer, is not able to keep up with the rising costs. So I think you know what does. Why is that all happening? I think it kind of relates to what uh, Drew talked about: is that you know this this great debt burden that uh, our society has created uh, now has resulted in. Um, you know a lot of these issues that we're experiencing day to day and on top of that you know if if we are a consumer driven economy um but in order to consume you have to produce and what's happened over the last couple of years is that our society has failed to produce what we need to consume hmm. and it started with covid lockdowns it extended to you know, paying people to stay home, um, you know, vaccine mandates, which have, has hurt our uh, uh, workforce, you know, um, shutting down of oil supply in the U.S. You know, all these things have consequences and it results in us paying more and basically a destruction of the middle class uh, here in the U.S.
0: Thank you, Rich.
2: Well.
1: Uh, I've done some math in the past on, on uh, actually Drew's uh, GDP broken down by households. Uh, rather than kind of weird Walt Erickson conspiracy theories. Um, one statistic that is a real one is there's 124 million uh, 124 million households in America. And if you divide that into 30.4 trillion dollars, each household, is responsible for $238,000 wow. of the nation's debt. Wow. And I, I think that that's very very interesting right to look at um, considering the average household has $41,600 in savings. And uh, you know I think one other point that I that I would like to bring up that gets overlooked so very often is we talk so often about some of these folks um, you know let's talk about the super rich, right? The the folks are worth hundreds of millions, or even billions of dollars. It is so rare that people actually look at the reality of what they're worth. Like it's not all sitting in cash in a bank, right? So take someone like Jeff Bezos. Seventy-five percent of his value is literally in Amazon buildings and equipment, right? So when you say someone's worth a hundred billion dollars, well someone's going to have to be willing to buy $750 million worth of buildings and equipment in order for him to have that money. And so, uh, you know, so often we see politicians, right, or other folks who have no idea what they're talking about, um, you know, looking at some of these scenarios and saying, well, we distribute the wealth better so forth. Um, They don't understand at all that just because someone says they're worth something means they actually have the money. Right. That's uh, it's 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 very, very untrue, if you will. And, and just uh, whether you're a billionaire or a millionaire or, uh, you know, 24 year old right out of college with 50 bucks in your pocket, you have to deal with a budget. And, um, you know, if you're a billionaire, you've got really big payments. If you're a millionaire, you've got big payments. And if you're right out of college or well, you got college debt and we all have to manage that um, and we're, we're all dealing with the gas prices and so forth. Um, we're all dealing with the, you know the cost of food. I have seven children, right I mean feeding seven children every single week like you know for the first time for us in about four or five years, we've started to be conscious, like truly conscious of what we're buying right and and what we're cooking because the food is just outrageous. It is absolutely outrageous. And I have a, a very modest salary that we, feel that we should be able to live on. And we've had to start to get a lot more creative, right, to live on that budget because it's been so tight.
0: Thank you, Walt. Of course, you're speaking of the kids. We know that well, six kids between the age of 17 and 24. And at some point, they become human Kirby's. Especially the boys, they just consume everything. When they're home from college or, you know, with regard to food costs, it goes up substantially. Anyways, folks, you're tuning in to Night Radio Live. In God we trust. We just declare that it's on our money. And uh, we're talking about money. Money is consequential. Uh, and I think we can all hear kind of we're implying here that our current circumstances are at best a challenge, difficult, at worst, dangerous. Um, And we can look back over the past two years, and here's a bit of the deeper dive, and I want you to be candid. Um, How much of this current circumstance is a function of just happenstance? And how much of it do you believe, if you see the decisions being made along the way, do you feel, have a look of maybe something by design, and by that I might even say nefarious design? And if by nefarious design, um, to what end? It seems to me that... Uh, the COVID situation with due note of its n- danger, rightly understood, was we now know um, even the CDC, even the NIH, uh, many of these official government entities acknowledge how much of the quote-unquote science now is contrary to what they'd been saying and the decisions that they made. And yet now they're still talking about some of those things to cripple the economy even for, um, even more. So my question is, as business owners and leaders, do you see some of that happening? Were you frustrated by it as business owners and leaders? And if, you, as you've thought about this, to what end? How is this positive for anybody? It's not
1: positive for anybody. In politics today, there's been a much greater divide based on what's being fed to us. I think traditionally speaking, you know, there is much more of a moderate line by the vast majority. And actually, I still believe there is. Uh, I, I do still believe that That there's a much more moderate mindset to your average person um, than what the media portrays. But the media doesn't want that to happen, right? I see it in everything, Greg. I personally see it in absolutely everything. And I think the closer you come to Christ and the the more you seek the truth, the more you're gonna see true good and true evil exposed uh, in everyday life. Uh, There's just too many coincidences. You know, for example, you know, the, the leak on the, you know, on the Supreme Court, right, mm-hmm. uh, essentially overturning Roe v. Wade, trying to create or exploit issues, uh, or bad things that happen, right, uh, for political gain, you know, such as gun control, and so forth. Um, these things are too, they're too perfectly timed to, to not have major issues. Um, you know, we, we obviously know that there are people that want to push like crazy for there to be electric cars. Everyone who has half a brain who's done the math knows that our power grid in this country cannot support electric cars anytime in the near future. not even close. And so uh, nor can everybody go out and just go buy a hundred thousand dollar electric car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know there, there's there's major major issues with this uh, with this inflation. You can't go put trillions of dollars out for free to everyone and not expect inflation to go up. Um, And I think also, you know, those who want to dismiss, well, you know, gas and food and baby formula would have happened no matter what. That's just simply not true. We do not need to uh, be exporting the gas um, or importing, I'm sorry, the the, the gas Mm -hmm. we're get ourselves here. Um, Gas does not need to be the way that it is. Baby formula does not need to be the way that it is. And food does not need to be the way that it is. It's based on leadership. Uh, it's based on decision-making, right? End of story. And I'm not saying that there aren't going to be bumps in the road because there's always going to be bumps in the road. It's how you react, right? To the, to the circumstances and consequences, um, you know, that that may or may not happen. You know, Trump says, for example, Ukraine and Russia would not happen. Well, we don't know that. That's easy for him to be Monday morning quarterback mm-hmm. and say it wouldn't. Happen. We don't know that, but I think, what some of us do know is the circumstances or the outcome, right? Or the ripple effect may very well have been different. And I think that's what you have to focus on is are the decisions that are being made by current leadership, uh, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in another foreign government or whether it's within our own Catholic church uh, herself, are those decisions that are being made, could they be made differently? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And would there be a better outcome? And if the answer is yes, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, if you're just level-headed thinker, the answer is yes, then you have to look at the leadership and say, why are you doing what you're doing? If there's a logical answer to doing something different that would have a better outcome for the vast majority, what is your reasoning for doing what you're doing? And that's what I see. And that's my frustration.
0: Thank you for that. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you you question, why are we doing what, you know, why is Joe Biden doing what he's doing or why is the government doing what it's doing? I mean, to tell you the truth, this is not uh, rocket science. I mean, Mm. Joe Biden ran on wanting higher gas prices. He wanted to eliminate coal. He wanted uh, to eliminate oil. On his second day in office, he signed an executive order to eliminate the Keystone Pipeline. This is what he desires. He desires higher oil prices. They are they w- are fighting what they believe is a greater danger which is climate change and they will do whatever they have to to put a burden on us on our backs which is higher oil prices and higher food prices and higher prices in general to fight this unknown entity out there which is climate change as well as other things. Now you know, um, I I think is it nefarious in the fact that uh, they're fighting this or is it, you know, you mentioned, you know, do they have a nefarious agenda? I I think it's pretty open what their agenda is Mm. and, and it's pretty well telegraphed. We, you know, we voted him in office and this is what he said he was going to do. The fact that he's doing it shouldn't confuse us. But by the same token, we should be alarmed that uh, this isn't what our country desires you know this is not what is good for us it's not what is good for the middle class. So there has to be some type of pushback really first at the political level to vote people into office who desire stronger families, who desire a stronger economy, who desire to build the US uh, so we uh, you know are not involved in, and, um, and wars and all these other issues that uh, uh, that we've been led uh, as a result of our, our weakness over the last year and a half.
0: Rich, you're very incisive, um, punctuating what Walt is saying. And I might say, folks, it seems that there are competing ideologies that are presided over by leadership who are very deliberate in what they're about. Minimally two systems of thought, roughly represented by Republicans and Democrats, but it's very clear that one system, the current system in power under Biden, their value, every system, every philosophy is a guiding value. Their value is not the dignity of the human person. Their value is something a little more ethereal along the lines of earth, along the lines of environment, all of which we ought to have a concern for. But if we are Catholic, and I want to make that shift now. It's ultimately in light of the good of the human person, not as we think good means or as we think human person means, but as God has designed it to be. Secondly, Rich, you uh, kind of begged the question on this also, brothers and sisters, as participants in this marketplace of ideas, endowed with gifts and talents and resources, we are accountable. our actions, our words, our voices matter. We will be held accountable not simply for what we do but for what we fail to do. and on this, if you will battlefield, marketplace, whatever you want to call it, we've got to prayerfully consider what is my place, what role do I take? I understand not everybody's a, you know a, a social media person. I get that if you're not that person. But if you are, if you're posting about what you put on your waffle or or your dog Fido, whatever, you recognize the capacity to influence others. And I ask us all right now to prayerfully consider how might we, with love, represent these truths? How might we, with love, communicate these truths without which, guess what? The toxic side wins. This past weekend, an event in Texas, dragged Kids to Pride. Kids were invited, uh, pa- parents, whomever, custodians were invited to bring young kids to a gay bar to experience what you might call red light district porn level stuff going on. And it was out there. They were proud of this in this month of, of gay pride. So I, I'm i saying each of those people, like you and me, yearn to know our identity in God, the unsurpassed identity in Christ in Are speaking into these things with love does make a difference. Drew, you've been listening patiently. I know you've got a lot of thoughts on these sorts of things, but just as we have a little bit of time left, we've sort of talked already about the fact that we are dealing with a challenging economy, that there are clearly agendas involved in both sides. Thirdly, we have to act on on these things. Drew, give us in some time we're going to really need to do a multi-part series on some of the research that you're doing, and I look forward to showcasing some of that. But just some thoughts from a Catholic perspective on how we ought to maybe look at these things.
3: A a couple things. Why are politicians doing the things they're doing today? I think you have to look up the World Economic Forum Hmm. if they're talking about the year 2030. They want they, they understand that America is so strong that you have to bring, you have to really have a everyone very similar, all the nations for that to happen. And that could be a reason why some of our politicians are really causing these conflicts. Um, and I remember in 2019, the UN came out and they said, the world is at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions, hmm. uh, the UN food program, the, the head of it. And what he was saying is because, not just because of coronavirus, because of the shutdowns and a lot of the poor countries are going through famine right now and they have been going through. I remember we talked about this a couple of years back and now it's catching up to the wealthy nations. So we have to be prepared what's gonna happen in the next year or so. Um, And the other thing that I think you have to look at what's going on is if you look at the World Economic Forum, they talked about the famous line, you will own nothing and you'll be happy They hate ownership. They hate people owning things. This goes back to Catholic principles of we should, as a family, own capital. Uh, Chesterton one time said the problem about capitalism is that uh, too few people own capital. Only a few people do. And that all goes back to, I would say, the debt system that we have is that money trickles to the top, to the wealthy, and the families don't own nothing. So, for example, if Kroger collapses down the road from me, I personally don't have the way to support my family. Back in Catholic societies, families own things. Hmm. Families produce things. Families um, uh, do the food, their housing, and their clothing. Um, so I, I think the, the competing worldviews in Catholic economics is families own things. In the World Econ- Economic Forum, they want the government to own things. Uh, one more thing I was mention about if you look at how um, how would the government own things like your house I mean, they want they want to, to the extreme cases you don't even own a home is that if you look at Australia, they're already talking about the government purchasing homes. So this is this is the idea of what's going to happen is that if home prices are so expensive, just like in 2007, and we see a massive collapse of home values, uh, what they're doing in Australia, they're doing this where I don't know if it's their central bank that's doing it, but they talked about our central bank could do this where they would offer the central bank in the country to purchase part of your home and you would pay money to the central bank. So they would own half your house in a way so you could stay in your home. Um, and they're actually doing that bill in Australia and we got to be careful here that they do that. That families could do that instead of getting kicked out of your house, you uh, the central bank could come in and say, you know what, we'll purchase half your house, you pay us and it'll be a low payment. But if you look at the World Economic Forum, that's what they want. They want us to lose our property value, they want us to lose our property rights, and the government controls things. And that goes all the way back to uh, communism, the battle between that communist and that Catholic worldview. Um, so those are the kind of things I look at. Mm. And I think that uh, is is very important. Always put the, uh, the power of uh, what we control into the family, not the government and not politicians. If you look at the UN, if you look at those families, like we talk about Catholic families, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, ten 10 kids. If you look at the people who are making these decisions, most of the people I heard a study was done have zero kids or one kid. It's just like, they have no clue what it means Uh, to be family, and they're making all these decisions.
0: But they have great dog carriers. I want to land this with an inspiration. And this reflection just struck me. So I'm going to read this reflection that hit me. And we'll kind of land this tonight on In God We Trust with any final thoughts from our wonderful guests here, Walt, Drew, and Rich. So I said, someone needs to hear this. Following COVID, there's a cloud of spiritual lethargy lingering over so many Whispering lies. You don't matter. Your life doesn't matter. Stay down. Stay home. Stay ineffective. Stay medicated. Media. Food. Be distracted. Make excuses. No one cares. Into this cloud, heavenly light is breaking. God is speaking directly to your soul. I am here. I made you for me. I made you for this. Draw unto me. Draw your strength from me. Get lost in me. I will heal you revive you, restore you, your words, your actions, your life matter, get back up, get in there. And then I had this sense of make these solid commitments. So I'm speaking to all of us who may have maybe senses of this or know somebody for whom are feeling this lethargy, feeling this inability, feeling this, you know, kind of pushed down by maybe certainly physical circumstances, but spiritual circumstances. God is speaking to you and me, by the way, Pentecost season, today's reading, you know, shine that light. You know, not, don't keep it under the bushel, let it shine. These solid commitments. Number one, get to confession. A good, bold, hold nothing back, lay it all out there kind of confession. Clear out all the crap. Remove the obstacles to the Niagara Falls of grace. He wants to pour into you to overflow streams of living water. That's number one. Number two, forgive and apologize to anyone and everyone in whom you need to do that too. Three, commit to meaningful personal prayer every day. Sacred space, encounter time with a living God. We here, many of us here and many of our friends have been availing to this um, Regnum Christi daily meditation. Simple. It's the gospel. It's three reflections. You could do it in five minutes if you want. We encourage you to take a 20 minute time with it. You could find that at massimpact.us forward slash app, download our app, but it's an occasion to rediscover his personal presence and draw on him. Number four, make each moment of your life sacred Begin to see yourself, each and every person, every situation from God's perspective. It is meaningful. you are meaningful, you are purposeful. Finally five. Pray about one meaningful engagement worthy of your commitment, a pro-life group, a soup kitchen church. consider beginning with your own family. with the I love I love my U S. Do it not in anticipation of any measure of success, but simply because he's asked because it's an occasion of living in his great love for you and through you. The God of the universe doesn't simply want to be with you in it. He wants to be in you with it. Holy spirit come last thoughts. Well,
1: the enemy is alive and well, Greg. And, uh, we're dealing with fear. We're dealing with concern. We're dealing with frustration. Um, it's Easy to feel like we have little control, and and I resonate tremendously with what you just read off. Um, go to confession, deepen your prayer life, right? Hmm. Willing to sacrifice because, like it or not, it's going to happen. So you might as well get practicing at it. Um, everything that we've done uh, here, everything that we're dealing with, is gonna it's gonna take time to fix. It's gonna take a lot of time to fix. It's not gonna happen overnight. And uh, it took time to get here, and it's going to take time, uh, even more time to get out of it. Normally, it takes a whole lot longer to fix a mess than to create one. And, um, you know, pray, 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 pray. You're not in this alone. Mm-hmm. There's lots and lots and lots of people that are that are dealing with everything that's going on and struggling with everything that's going on, just like we are.
0: Thank you, Walt.
3: Drew? Uh, you know, I love what you said about those things. I think, um, if you have little kids, um, for example, go to confession, they say, it's always good to go maybe every two weeks, um, take your kids with you. And if they're too young to go to confession, just take them with you, make it fun. Say, Hey, we'll go get donuts afterwards. Uh, if you go pray before the sacrament, take your kids with you, even if it's shorter time, um, show an example, don't, don't do it behind the scenes where no one can see you. Um, your family, make sure they can see it. Um, and number two, I think this whole issues we're going on, um, I truly believe in my I've been researching and stuff, we have to go back to Catholic principles that have been taught over the mm. years that um, we don't hear about today, that um, you can find them. You just have to go back to the councils and what they have always taught. Um, if we do that, I think it's going to be a battle between the two worldviews, but we have to
0: do it. Thanks, Drew. Rich?
2: Yeah, I think um, one thing you mentioned, Greg, was that uh, the world is really full of lies. And, um, the, you know, I, I think it mixed in those lies is a lot of half-truths. So I think we're all confused as to what is truth and what is not truth. And um, and it kind of brings us back to that gospel uh, this Sunday. Um, Jesus says, but when he comes, the spirit of truth. He will guide you to all truth. And I think that's what we have to understand first: is that uh, you know, truth resides in God. Truth, truth resides in Jesus and the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, and so we need to live uh, in that, um, so that we can discern what what is real and what is not. And I understand one thing: people may be listening to this broadcast thinking that what we say is a bunch of lies, you know, um, because there's world views on, and, and depending on our worldview, may, we may hear something and it's just totally reactionary to, well, that's a bunch of lies as well. And so I think we have to reside in prayer and reside in, um, uh, in, in Jesus's words and try to uh, understand what is truth.
0: Walt Drew Rich, so blessed by your friendship, so blessed by an amazing program tonight, just trying to communicate the truth, trying to live that truth And folks, those of you who are listening, we know the deepest desire of your heart we share is to be loved and to love, to be loved by the living God who is loved, to truly know his love for us, not just in our heads, catechetically or in moments, but to, to live in the glow and the light of his love who holds us in existence so much that we can't help but love others. That is the reason we're alive. And that's the opportunity God gives us right now. happen literally the word community with one holy communion with one we're partaking of Christ in whom we're united make community happen and I encourage you to join us if uh, you don't have maybe many opportunities to be really uplifted and encouraged in a sense of joy that you walk away from me like I was really blessed when the last time you walked away and said I was truly blessed by a sense of truth pervading community and encounter with God join us next Thursday our Belief in Beverages Night with Monsignor Billion at Rich and Connie Cronin's GMC of Perrysburg. You can find out at massimpact.us forward slash BNB, massimpact.us forward slash BNB, and listen to all our programs at igniteradiolive.com. We're with you in this. God bless you. Until next time.